0: Friends, hello. Oh, I've missed you. I've missed you so, so much. And I'm so excited for you guys to finally hear this episode that I recorded with the lovely human Stacey Carosa. We sat down over a month ago now to f- record this. I almost said film, <laughs> but to have this conversation all about holding grudges and what life was like for her as a kid in the US. We also talk about how. Our own creative thinking can really get us into trouble, and I loved this conversation so much. Stacy is ugh, just such a lovely human being. You'll hear so much more about her throughout this episode, and as always, just remember that all of her information will be linked in this week's show notes. So go make sure to show her some love, let her know what you agree with, and which parts of this podcast really resonated with you. Hit me up. Let us know. Ready? Let's go. Hi, friends. Welcome to the Big Kid Pod, where all are welcome. In this safe space, we talk about what scares us, what prepares us, and what makes us great. As big kids, we have learned the hard way that none of us really know what's going on. And we all have our own stories and journeys. And that's why it's always better together. I'm your host and guide, Christina, aka KDC. As a life coach, children's yoga instructor, and mindfulness ninja, I hope to inspire you to dive into your life with more kindness, more courage, and more adventure. You ready? Let's get into it. Hello, and welcome to another big kid interview episode. Today I'm joined by Stacy Carosa, hailing from Colorado Springs. Stacy is a photographer that specializes in creating images that highlight the unique personalities of high school and college seniors. Her background is in education and she worked with students by working as an English teacher, school counselor, and success coach at a university. All of these jobs and experiences help her to relate to her clients and mentor others through times of transition to help them see the strength and confidence that they already have to grow into their true self. Stacey and I met at camp. Are you surprised? <laughs> we bonded over our love of the outdoors and honestly, a lot of crying. Um, I'm excited to introduce you to this week's Big Kid. I also wanted to switch things up and start with my Big Kid shout out. Stacy, are you ready? Yes. All right. So Stacey is another Cabin 7 friend from the Imperfect Bosses camp last year. I was and still am so appreciative of how openly you feel. Even now, being in conversations with you, you just feel with all of you. And sometimes it results in tears, but it makes me feel better because I am always on the verge of crying, even right now. (laughs) (laughs) Stacey has taught me bravery in my own imperfections, and I don't even know if you knew that, but it's true. And I love her creativity and can't wait till we can hike and hang in the mountains in real life soon. Stacey, hi. Welcome. So oh, sweet.
1: Thank you. Hello, big kids.
0: <laughs> that is so sweet. Thank you so much. It's so true, though. Because like I know that I feel like at the beginning, we're all like very self-conscious about crying in front of strangers right Mm -hmm. but like it didn't matter like you just let it happen and I'm like fuck yes because (laughs) I've been crying ever since I got on the plane to get here and it takes a lot of courage and like sometimes you can't even stop it but yeah well I'd uh, well I
1: yeah for someone to recognize that it means a lot to me because I work I've been working on like opening up to people
0: Mm.
1: which I, I think is, you know, emails, even part of like, the holding grudges and no one's gonna like me and do I belong and mm. so that means a lot.
0: <laughs> I talk. I see. To- I see. Yeah. I th- and I think like that's what we bonded over right away was like mountains, right? Mm-hmm. I'm like, tell me about where you live. I'm like, I know nothing about America <laughs> except for, <laughs> I don't know, I bad things about- maybe. <laughs> I'm like, yes, tell me, yeah, so, and even like now seeing snapshots of your home, it's like Mm -hmm. desert but forest, I'm like, what is I know, I know. It's so
1: interesting. We get bobcats sometimes, and we are, we are literally in a neighborhood, but our, after the fire, um, we bought a, our house burnt, so we rebuilt that and sold that one, but we bought a house one road up that didn't burn. And in the area where we live, there's this, this family owns a bunch of cattle land and they turned some of that land into this country chicken wagon dinner experience. (laughs) The Daughter of that owner lived in the house we bought. And so she wanted out after the fire. And we have, we think the firefighters saved the house since the whole ranch was gone. Mm. have trees all around it. So even though we're in a neighborhood, When things are blooming you you can't
0: tell it's really cool yeah it looks so beautiful and like your little garden it's so cute it's so cute so we talked a little bit about um how you had to move away from your whole support system essentially when you moved to colorado so i want to know what was it like for you where you grew up Did you live in a big city, a small town?
1: Small town. Um, So I am from a town called, I grew up in Comstock Park, Michigan, uh, or I talk about Sparta, Michigan a lot because it's, uh, that's where I went to high school. There are two small towns next to each other, and it's just north of Grand Rapids, Michigan, on the west side of Michigan. Um, And Sparta, Michigan is primarily an apple growing So it's farmers and, uh, farmers and agriculture. Um, and then I grew up in a little neighborhood that my grandpa built actually. So (laughs) people live within 10 miles of each other, both sides of my family, for the most part live within like 10 miles of each other. Um, so Small town, we did not grow up on a farm. We grew up in a little neighborhood on a cul-de-sac. There were other kids our age, so I remember playing outside. We had a huge backyard. I remember playing softball in the backyard. There's a creek, so the other girls and my sister, I have two sisters, an older sister and a younger sister, so I'm the middle child. Um, and our neighbor girl, who's my age, we would go down to the creek and catch crayfish, and then the boys in the neighborhood would. You know and be not so nice, and we'd have snow in the winter. And um, so, I remember being outside a lot as a kid. Um, my dad did grow up on a farm, which was again literally a couple miles away. So, um, I remember going to the farm, going to my mom's parents. So, my other grandma and grandpa they were very active in the community. They were, or he was, my grandpa was a construction worker, and can't count commissioner, county commissioner. Um, I just, I have a lot of really good memories. So um, yeah, yep. Uh, there is a park right by my house where I grew up that used to be my dad's farmland he grew up on. And it was a park put together by my grandpa, my mom. Oh my God. And so there's a park in Michigan called Waffield Park and it's on the Vogel land. So that park's really special to me too because it's like you've got family history from both sides like your mom and dad.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so moving away now, the older I get, the harder it is to be away from them. I think what mm-hmm. the, I did move was, you know, a year after I graduated college, I was still like, I still want adventure, but I didn't seem seems so bad moving away I don't know how to describe it I guess
0: mm-hmm. you're excited for your life mm-hmm. right and new
1: and different and mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah it's you talk about like that longing to like go to the next place do the next thing and it's so interesting for as a person that has lived in the same city her entire life. And like, I I think like the longest I've traveled was like like maybe a month <laughs> or so. Yeah, I'm a, I'm, I'm a homebody for sure. And so it's- I am too, <laughs> I, I do, you know. <laughs> but yeah, and now I just, I find myself like being called more towards mountains it
1: was being there last october was like oh this reminds me of
0: michigan and it just felt like cold. totally and like it's so different from like the rockies yeah it's so different and like that those are my forests those are my mountains and so to yeah. be in the ontario forest like lake country holy oh. shit those leaves man those colors we don't get reds here. We get yellows and browns. Yes, yes, yes. So whenever Colorado people are like, the
1: Aspens are beautiful. It's the most beautiful. I'm like, you have obviously never been to Michigan or now Canada. You can see oranges and reds. The yellows are pretty, but it is not. like
0: no. And yellow is my favorite color. But, like, no, it's not. It's not a. It's just it's only part of the range. Exactly. 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 We've been spoiled. Now we know. I had no idea before.
1: Yeah, it was. I stopped, I think, alongside the road, took many pictures of leaves.
0: I took leaves home. Oh, so did I. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so you talked about yourself (laughs) as a kid in the outside, (laughs) spending a lot of time in the outdoors. What were you like in the Classroom, you said that like you like to make your own lesson plans. I remember I got in trouble in first grade (laughs) because my mom told me, parent teacher interviews like the teacher would get mad because the class would only ever listen to me and they would never listen to her. And she thought it was because I was sitting at the front of the classroom, so she Uh moved me to the back. But then she said that was worse because now everybody was turned.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Uh, I think so
0: yeah so did, were you like that um
1: no I was pretty quiet I was a people pleaser and I don't know if that's part of being like the mid- middle child or um because I did like attention at home mm. but at school I I mean I still follow try to follow try <laughs> to no I I would say I'm still pretty But rule follower, like I wanted to follow the rules. Um, I wanted to please my teachers. Um, I'm sure people probably called me like a teacher's pet or whatever. (laughs) I mean, I'm sure they did. Um, I did go to a Catholic school from eighth grade, and then I went to public school for high school. So in my Catholic school, there was only 12 of us total. Wow. Yeah. Damn. Four girls and eight boys. Wow. <laughs> Tiny. Um, like when we played sports in middle school, we had to team up with the other Catholic schools because we didn't have enough girls for a team. <laughs> so that's how I met some of my good friends that I still have today. But oh, that's lovely. I would say in the classroom, I, I I followed the rules. I did what I was told. Mm-hmm. Um, I never, i would answer questions but i would never like speak up too much i was um i wouldn't say i was shy but i just i wasn't like boisterous or rambunctious or anything um in high school i think it was the same way going from a small school to like a big high school i think i in high school i wanted to belong and so i did whatever i could to be nice to everyone so that everyone would like me mm. as an adult we all know everyone in the world cannot like you I don't like everyone in the world that is unrealistic but you don't know that when you're that age totally so I still followed the rules um yeah I had a really close knit group of friends in high school I was part of a lot of clubs I was really involved um I always thought that I would teach at that high school and live mm. in town and that, that didn't happen. And that's okay. It's just yeah. Yeah, I was a rule follower. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I can see that. Not in a bad way. Mm-hmm. Um you as a big kid now are so creative. Um especially, like, with photography and even just, I think, like, even just with how you see the world is very creative. Have you always been that way?
1: I, I think, you know, I've, I've, I've thought about this often, I would say in the last few months, because um, sometimes what I call my magical thinking can get me, not trouble, but, like, get me into, like, spiraling negative thoughts. Um, But I remember even as a kid thinking that I could fly and I would imagine myself flying and I would jump off of things to see if I could fly. And I I can vividly remember like me looking down on people because I was imagining myself (laughs) flying. I tried to write chapter books in second grade, and I've got journals and pictures that I drew. And I mean, some of them have shadowing and all. I mean, the stuff that even wow, or you like, I'm I'm impressed. (laughs) I wrote all kinds of stories. Um, In high school, I took creative writing, so there was still creative piece. I took, I think. Once at least one semester, one year of art. Um, I took some art classes at a art college in middle school one summer. It's so like a summer program, so that was cool. So I think I've dabbled in all these little pieces of creative art in some form. And in college, I had to do some kind of art class or an elective, and so I did photography. And so I got to go in the dark room and that mm. was cool. Um, yes, I still, I have, I have an extremely vivid imagination, and it's hard to describe, I really love to write, but sometimes, like, it's a movie in my head, and I know Mm -hmm. I'm differently, but, like, there's constantly a movie going on in my head, and sometimes it's hard to write down to describe it to other people.
0: I can relate to that for sure, even, like, with, sometimes someone will ask me, like, what are you thinking, and I'm, like, I don't even know where to start, like, <laughs> and it's all moving. Like, which part do I tell you? Yeah. yeah. Can you talk about more? I love what you said about sometimes your creative thinking can get you into trouble. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean?
1: <laughs> um, what I mean is, so, um, Magical thinking. Like, even my husband, he will say, oh, that's head Tony instead of real Tony, because I'm like, oh, how come you won't set up a picnic for me, and we can go on this romantic date? And he's like, that's head Tony talking. I, I, that's just not me. I will probably never set you up a picnic. And so, <laughs> thinking, what I call magical thinking can be two things. Like, if I wanted to write a book, I could probably come up with very, in my head, see very vivid scenes and emotions of the characters and what they say is going to affect this person, this how, and blah, blah, But all my magical thinking can be turned into me being the main character in that movie in my head. And magical thinking becomes, why didn't life turn out this way? And then I think of all the scenarios or all the reasonings why in movie movie form of why these things haven't turned out the way that I thought it would turn out. Um, and then that can sometimes get me thinking of oh, this didn't ha- you didn't stay in Sparta, Michigan because of this, and this didn't happen because you chose to do this, and and sometimes it gets out of control of. I, as a child, not as a child, I would say more high school, teenager, young adult, mid-twenties, I was doing the best I could with what I information I had. And so sometimes this magical creative thinking can beat myself up over choices that I've made. Mm -hmm. That I, I did the best I could at that time. As an adult, you have hindsight. And I think hindsight can be very powerful, but it's hard to keep when they're in the moment. Um, and so I think part of that process and that magical thinking is being kind to your past self um, so that you don't find yourself in spiral, is that?
0: No, I love that. That was so great, it was so great because I've never, no, I really like how you call it magical thinking and seeing your life, I talk about as an observer, and so I like your framing of it it's again very creative (laughs) so can you tell me for you maybe like do you remember the first grudge that you held against a person (laughs) that could be so way back but like maybe um if there was one like as a kid like maybe between a friend or something like that I think I mean, when I think about Catholic school, I'm like oh my god, yes.
1: <laughs> and there's only four girls and eight boys, and if none of those eight boys like you, I imagine I probably held a grudge against someone at some point. Um <laughs>
0: that happened for me and a very large Catholic junior yeah. high school too. So. <laughs> Dang it? <laughs> yeah. Um, oh.
1: I so I can't think of that's okay, but I know I'm I'm sure I have. I mean you I think the way that grudges come up are the
0: mm, And we can go straight into like the pouting stuff now too if you want to. Um
1: I I mean I think that the pouting and grudges are interconnected, honestly. Because I think pouting as a child, as a child, I would pout to get attention or to get what I wanted, which was typically attention. And that worked until I was X, Y, and Z age, right? Um, And again, even like all the learning that I'm doing about myself and the looking back, like I think... If pouting was always a way for me to get attention, pouting kind of morphed into grudges um, because I would try to get people's attention, and if they did not give me attention, if I didn't feel like I belonged, then it was like a grudge against them because I was not part of the in crowd. Mm-hmm. Makes sense, I think. Because and I and I still see it today because I've I've tried to join creative groups in the Colorado Springs area. And and a lot of this is just me. I mean, I can't hold anything against them because I I need to be more open, but I'm like, I automatically feel like I don't belong. I'm going to hold a grudge against you and this stupid group because you're not going to accept me anyways or you're not paying attention to me or I have these skills. How come you're not asking me to help? Or And so I really have to like check myself <laughs> before I go into... Um, like potential networking places because I find myself already going in with a grudge against some of these people who have done nothing and I've never met before. But I already feel like I'm not going to get, I'm not going to be seen like I want to be. And I would say maybe that probably started in high school a little bit, but probably really accelerated in college, not feeling seen. Holding grudges that my life was not going the way that I
0: had planned and sometimes I feel like I'm holding this giant grudge against myself because I want all of these things, but then that negative thinking can come in of you don't deserve these things like why would you, why would you think that anybody could love you for right? And so again, like you're saying with the magical thinking, like that's exactly what it is. It's like, I'm imagining this completely other story that isn't even real. (laughs) And then I can get in again, like an anxiety spiral because I'm so hard on myself. And then I'm mad at myself being like, girl, you're a life coach. Get your shit together. What the hell? Who's going to hire you if you don't know how to deal with you and then like putting on yourself
1: like it should have been this way it should be like this it should 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 and it's and it's not and sometimes it's difficult to like acknowledge that and I I think that's also sometimes when I hold grudges too like it should have been this way like my friend should write me back every time i write a note. But, but just because they don't write back doesn't mean they love me any less.
0: You know, Mm -hmm.
1: I have it stuck in my mind. This is what people should be doing. So I'm going to hold a grudge against you. You don't even know it.
0: Yeah. And isn't that the craziest part? Is that like when we're holding the girl, (laughs) like 99% of the time they don't even know and they didn't even do anything wrong. Tony's like, what is it? Head Tony? Like, come on. <laughs> I really like that. I think like that encompasses a lot, just like our physical signs of holding a grudge coming out, like in pouty lips. And it's,
1: Yeah, I can
0: see so many kids doing it. I can like picture myself doing it and I think that can be a great physical cue for our friends listening just to notice, like, are you holding a grudge? Does it make sense?
1: (laughs) Right. Right. Are you
0: asking for what you need? Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. So when you found yourself like in this space, who did, did you reach out to safe people? Mm -hmm. And if so, who were Like when I was
1: exploring why I'm still holding grudges as an adult or as a child. Ooh, both as an adult. um, You mentioned like I'm a coach, but I have all these other things going on. So how can I coach? I think about that all the time. (laughs) I'm a licensed counselor in Colorado. Don't ever want to own my own practice, but I see a counselor every week and it That would be my safe space, I would say, as an adult to explore like my inner child and why am I doing this as an adult and going back and um, comforting that inner child. Mm -hmm. Um, As a child, I would say, I would, oh, I would, for an adult that I would go to, it was probably mostly my mom. So, my mom and I are pretty close. Um, and my grandma, um, I was very close to her, and I would say even more close as, as I grew up, especially as I went to college. Um, but my mom, as a kid, I would always, my mom was my coach.
0: That's lovely. is amazing. <laughs> I miss my mom all of a sudden for some reason. (laughs) Tell me about your educational journey. What was that like for you? Because you were no longer a teacher. No.
1: Um, And that's a great question. Because on the Big Kid podcast, I wanted to be a teacher since I was tiny. Like, Mm -hmm. I would create lesson plans and then, like, fill out my own worksheets so I could grade them.
0: (laughs) Yep. Same. All the time. (laughs) So I think, I think part
1: of me was born to teach in some way. Um, And so when I went to college, that's, that's like exactly what I wanted to do. And when I look back on it, I wish I would have explored other things because I think I could have gone in many different directions,
0: but I was so dead set on being a teacher same like there was no other choice for me it's like oh this looks interesting i think i took like a few art classes and like art history for sure and astrology but that was it yeah
1: and i took a photography one photography class in college yeah (laughs) Uh, yeah so so in college i ended up double majoring in english and physical education so I would always tell my students read and run like that's my motto. <laughs> I like that. Um, and, and then I had during student teaching a really awful experience in the PE classes. <laughs> so I went English when I applied for jobs um, and I taught one year at a small Catholic school in northern Michigan um, and it wasn't a, I wasn't making enough money to even buy my own groceries at that point, so I could afford rent utilities, and so my parents still helped me <laughs> to feed me. <laughs> and Thank you, parents. <laughs> exactly, um, and then I started looking for jobs in other states, but there was also, like every time I made a switch, it, it's hard to describe, but it, it felt like there was a poll saying you need to be somewhere else. There's somewhere else you need to be. Um, so I started applying to different places. I wanted a bigger school, something with more diversity, and ended up in Colorado, um, which was great. It was. I love the state. I miss my family. So I'm the first one to like move out of state and not be around. Not be within like ten miles of each other, practically. Wow. And then in order to get any kind of raise, my phone, well, can you hear my phone? Okay, <laughs> uh, it's usually on silent. Um, in order to get a raise, I had to go to, my, go to grad school. I'm trying to think, because they, they froze the, the pay scale. Mm. It froze the pay scale. Yeah. So, the only way to be able to make more money is to continue your education. So, that's when I decided to do my master's, which I figured I would always do, anyways. And then um, landed on school counseling. Mm. It was very cool because the more I did school counseling, um, the more I realized it wasn't just, oh, Johnny's not doing his work. I'm going to keep like hounding him. It's like, oh, Johnny's dad is in jail and mom's barely getting food on the table, like of course he can't concentrate. So it was yes. a cool opportunity to get a different perspective of students and I was—I didn't care about like their well-being before, but it just opened my eyes to the things these students are dealing with um, and then School, high school school counselor for a, um, early colleges school. I don't know if you have those in Canada where no. it's a charter school, but they, if students test into college classes, they can take college classes at the community college while they're in high school. So they're basically earning credits, college credits, while they're in high school because they're already at the level of being able to take. Yep. And then um, school counseling for two years. In the middle of that the Waldo Canyon fire happened. Um, what year was that? 2012. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a bunch. There's quite a few fires, I think. I believe that year. But we completely lost our house. And then a couple weeks later, my my grandma, who I was really close to, I would say, as I became an adult, we were we were good friends, um, who had been battling cancer for like nine nine years I think. She had like three months to live so after the fire I actually took a semester off and moved back to Michigan to spend time with her. And then, and then eventually the next fall I got a job at the university being a success coach. So light counseling but like helping people adjust to freshman year and then and then became an academic advisor. Sorry long super long story but
0: No, I love it. It's so interesting because I think like that is what I want to share with so many people is that we have a plan, right? Mm -hmm. But then something happens. Either we experience it and Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it shoots us off in a different direction. So I think it's important to, like we're saying, (laughs) we wish we took other classes during that time too. So don't just even though you might have a goal, like don't keep blinders on at the same time. Yeah.
1: happens all the time that, you know, if you have this interest, but there's no major in it, by all means, you could still do this major or do a different major. And if you have a passion enough for that hobby or that interest, it will all come together somehow. Yeah. Major, but you love music. There are
0: jobs out there that combine. 100%. I do a lot of career talks in high schools as well. And one thing that I always tell them is that realistically, like in your lifetime, you will have up to if not more four careers. Mm-hmm. And one of them probably doesn't even exist right now. Yes. Right? Like if we <laughs> if someone came and told me in junior high, high school that like, You could teach yoga to children over the internet. Like, what the fuck? It's like, that doesn't even make (laughs) sense. (laughs) Right? Like, no, that doesn't even make sense. The internet was not for those things, right? And so, um, yeah, just to keep an open mind. Exactly. To our younger friends. Okay, so, Stacey, I want to know, if you could... Put yourself in a time machine right now and go back to a younger version of yourself to bestow a lovely piece of advice. What time would you go back to? Like what age would you want to visit yourself in? And what would you say to young Stacy? Yes,
1: two different times. I think one would probably be in high school and I would tell my younger son that... Don't have to try to so hard to make everybody else happy if it's going to impede on your own happiness, um, and that, and to to speak up and not be afraid to be like who you really are, like your where you belong will find its way to. Um, and I would go back. I feel like I was very fortunate. I have a pretty fun, like, child game. Like, I sisters fairly well. And um, so the second part time I would go back is College Stacy. And I would tell College Stacy, um, like I mentioned earlier, that um, I would tell College Stacy that you did the best you could with the information that you had. And to not be afraid to explore things that weren't part of this path that you thought you had to go on.
0: 100 person.
1: All the opportunities that were out there beyond teaching, I probably would have looked into some of them.
0: Thank you. I wanted to go back a little bit because um, one thing that, Uh, Keeps coming up that you talk about was just the need to please everybody around you. So, whether it was your teachers or even family, friends to fit in, and even now, like going to co working things, I feel Mm. that a hundred percent too. And so, I want to know um, how you are healing that I call it a survival habit,
1: Mm.
0: and um, yeah, how you're looking at that survival habit now. That's a great question. I am, looking at it on my a I am too. <laughs> so like- it's hard because like, it's something that we have, again, like re- have relied on since children. So it's, it takes a lot of work to switch from that survival habit and to know that we can let it go. Yeah, yes. And a couple, I think I do it for a couple
1: of reasons. One of them, I find myself people pleasing because, or trying to make others happy because I don't feel like they can deal with their own feelings, which sounds super harsh and I don't mean it that way, but I don't want people to feel bad or I don't want to be the reason people feel bad because, um, I'm trying to think of how my counselor, like to use a specific word, not uh, fragile. Like like I people-please so because I think people are so fragile that they can't sit with their own emotions. And so I try to make it better for them that they don't have to feel negative emotions. Um, I also think I'm a people-pleaser um, because if I can make others happy, then I won't be judged to sit sit with being judged. Um hello. No. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that
1: that feels too awful. Right. And so and so it's like, okay, now I have to do something to fix it. And so I think what I'm working on now is that realizing everyone has judgments. Even I have judgments. I I am not a perfect person. I have made judgments before other people will make judgments of me. Um, and I need to be okay with that and it's okay to people please but it's also okay for people to sit in their own feelings I do not have to fix this because they are grown adults or our friends that are younger like learning to be resilient in their feelings
0: so I want you to tell me what lights you up as a big kid. Besides Jaeger. Because that could be a whole other episode just talking about.
1: Besides my giant German shepherd dog, Jaeger. Not named after Jaeger Meister. I was wondering that. Hunter. <laughs> yes. We wanted a strong German name. These are that or Hans or Franz from like 75 years ago. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I stuck with Jaeger. <laughs> um, what else lights me up? I think, I actually think teaching still lights me up big time. Um, but I, I think that I can teach in other ways besides being in the classroom. And so I think I'm still in the, still trying to figure that out. Um, and then what also lights me up is I, I do love working with seniors. I love, I love being outside. I mean, I should be doing way more hiking, but I, I still th- think I do quite a bit. Um, but there's like the reason I quit doing weddings um, for photography and kept doing seniors is because I felt with all my experience working in the colleges, I had an idea of how the parents were feeling with students transitioning to college and all my time working with high schoolers and college students, especially freshmen, gave me a perspective for the students too. So whenever I do senior sessions with students, it's easy, it feels easy for me to connect with both the parents and the students. You can ask them different types of questions on what they're excited about. Um, And I love hearing students talk about their futures because that, like one, they're talking about themselves and they're talking about something that they're passionate about. And so I just, I just love that. And so this- There's so much hope. Exactly. Exactly. When I taught, <laughs> the only assignment every student would turn in, whether it was good or bad, but I res- was the research paper they had to do on a career that they wanted to go into. Only, and that's, I think, what kind of pushed me into, oh, school counseling would be cool because I could work with students preparing to work towards those dreams. Um, and so the senior series, especially with this pandemic going on, you had mentioned something earlier, or the affirmation about, I don't have to be helping people all the time. When this pandemic started, people were, you should be coaching, you should be doing this, you should be doing that. And I felt like I sh- should be doing something, but I didn't, I was dealing with my own stuff. <laughs> yeah. when it started. Um, so I kind of took my time. And then now in May, um, the senior series, I. I felt like I have such all this knowledge that I could potentially help students who may not have been connected with their school counselors, maybe navigating this beginning of a transition to college, um, teach them different lingo that they're going to hear, different things to expect, different study skills, because it will be very different. And quite honestly, depending on what school looks like in the fall for even our high school students, some of the stuff would probably be good for them if it's going to look almost like a college semester, but still in high school. So Mm -hmm. um,
0: I get really excited. (laughs) I mean, the videos are super amateur, but that's okay. The information's there. They're so good. How can people access these videos right now?
1: Right now, it's just as I recorded them as a, on Instagram, what's it called? IGTV? Yes, thank you. (laughs) I'm like it's not a story because it doesn't go away. Instagram TV so they're there for you forever. Um, And right now I I can't, I can't tell if people are finding them like it's specifically high school seniors are finding them helpful so if if you are a high school senior or a high schooler and you find that helpful and you would like to know more if you can maybe comment on the video or let me know other topics you want otherwise next week is going to be about involvement in networking. Um, The one I just posted today was about how to read a degree plan and other academic jargon or wording you'll hear. Um, The first episode, oh my gosh, what was the first episode? I don't, oh study, no, that the second one was study skills. The first one, Um, it was just about your transition in itself and um, learning how to realize what you can and cannot control, especially during When things are so uncertain. Um, But lots of other topics I'm happy to speak on. I just would love feedback. So if you are interested in watching Instagram TV, Stacey Carosa Photography is my Instagram and Facebook. Um, Best ways to find me on Facebook. I'm the only Stacey Carosa in the world. So that's what.
0: what And oh, the crazy thing that happened at camp was that you were saying that because you met another Stacey. Whose name is spelled oh, yeah. exactly the state. I didn't realize that Stacy yeah. spelling was a thing. Yeah. I should have because Christina's spelling is a
1: thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can spell that quite a few Yeah. A lot of times Stacy is spelled with an E. I'm S T A C Y. And Carosa is a pretty, I mean, pretty unique Italian last name. I love it. it. I, yeah.
0: And all of Stacy's stuff will be linked in the show notes too. So you can head there to find all of her links. Yeah. All right, Stacey, now is your turn for your big kid shout out. Okay. The stage is yours. Big shout
1: out would be to my mom, who is always supportive and still is today. Um, like, like I said, as I don't want to disappoint others. And so sometimes when I think I might be disappointing, she always reassures me and tells me um, how proud she is of me and encourages me to follow my dreams, even if it wasn't like a ri- what I had originally planned. So I would shout out to my mom, shout out to my grandma.
0: Thank you, grandma. Thank
1: <laughs> you, my grandma. Um, Cause same with her, she was, she was there to help me make the decision of my, about my first teaching job and then to help process moving out to Colorado so um also a shout out
0: to her <laughs> strong women again it takes a village right yes. stacy thank you again for letting me interview for the podcast it is always a pleasure i can't wait until we can roam in canadian or u.s mountains together either
1: one either
0: one we should that. we have to do it sometime <laughs> we'll do both and then yeah, no problem <laughs> All right, I'll talk to you soon. Okay, thank you. Friends, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Big Kid. As you travel through the world this week, remember, kindness drives change. And we're all on a journey. And the best part is that we're not alone. Sign up for the newsletter to get my formula to add more mindfulness into your day. And every month I send out a guidebook that helps you shift from your surviving habits to thriving ones. Join the Facebook group and follow us on Instagram at Big Kid Pod, where the conversations live on. You can even leave me a good old-fashioned voice message over in the show notes at kdccoaching.com. Sending you so much Filipino-Canadian love. Talk to you soon.